everyone, and welcome to Crush Course, the podcast for the wine curious. I'm your host, Sarah, coming to you from Sonoma Valley, California, and today we are going to talk about one of my favorite wines of all time. Beaujolais Nouveau, made from the Gamay Noir grape, has been the crown jewel of the Beaujolais region in eastern France for centuries. It began as a common worker's wine, but in the last half century has become one of the most recognizable and beloved bottlings in the wine world. I am so excited to geek out about it. So let's get to it, shall we? When I was a sophomore in college, I took a wine tasting class. I was only about 20 years old at the time, but thanks to the recently passed sip and spit bill, California viticulture and enology students were now able to taste wine as part of their academic studies. This was my first introduction to wine tasting as an art and a history, and after the prior two years of chemistry and biology and calculus, it was a relief to finally be able to dive into what I was actually there to study. Each Monday, we gathered in an amphitheater-style-like lecture hall and learned about a particular wine-growing region and tasted through several examples of wines. I loved that class. The professor was incredible, a tall, fearless South African woman who most people feared but I adored. And it was in that class that I met one of my best friends, Nicole. Despite the fact that we both thought the other was a total snob at first glance, we became fast friends and were soon each other's emotional support person for the rest of our college careers. At the end of this class, we had to write a term paper about our favorite wine or a wine that we aspire to drink. Now, as a goody two-shoes 20-year-old, I hadn't really had much experience in wine, so I wrote about a wine that I wished to have one day. And so I wrote about Beaujolais Nouveau. I found the term paper while cleaning up my things, original grade at the top, smiley face and all, and have used a great part of it in this episode. So here it is. Most of it was written nearly seven years ago, long before I knew what the industry would hold for me or how much I would grow to love wine. As with many of the grape-growing regions in Europe, the Beaujolais region was introduced to the grapevine by Roman soldiers in the 1st century BCE. Wine was not only an extremely popular beverage in Rome, but for travelers and soldiers, it was the preferred beverage since the alcoholic fermentation would kill off any potentially harmful pathogens. After the fall of the Roman Empire, the territory was tossed back and forth between several powers until the 10th century. That's when the Dukes of Beaujolais came together and established the town that they, in a stroke of originality, named Beaujolais. This name would eventually morph into the name for the entire region. While the Dukes may have founded the little town, they did have to eventually surrender it to the Bourbonnais in the 15th century. For several centuries, the Beaujolais region was overshadowed by the far more popular region of Burgundy to the north. But history was forever changed in 1395, when Philip the Bold, the Duke of Burgundy, outlawed the growing of Gamay Noir grapes. Now, it's important to remember here that Gamay Noir is the grape varietal used to make Beaujolais Nouveau, so he was basically trying to outlaw the region's signature wine. He advocated for the cultivation of Pinot Noir in Burgundy, 
and he feared that the easily grown, high-yielding Gamay would ruin the reputation that he had so carefully built for Burgundy as a wine region. At this time, Beaujolais was heavily invested in Gamay, with nearly all of its acreage devoted to the variety. Burgundy obeyed the edict and proceeded to rip out all of the Gamay vines from their fields, replacing them with Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Even today, these two varietals are the only ones grown in the Burgundy region. Rather than follow in their footsteps, Beaujolais continued to grow Gamay and thus created a name for itself by preserving the variety for the coming centuries. Beaujolais is a relatively small wine region. It's only 34 miles long and about 7 miles across at its widest point. Now you're going to have to bear with me because my French pronunciation is terrible. The region is split in two by the Nizerand River, the Haut Beaujolais in the north and the Bas Beaujolais in the south. Twelve appellations, legally defined growing regions, span the region and are further classified by quality, going from Beaujolais to Beaujolais Village and finally Cru of Beaujolais. The region has a temperate climate with warm summers and cool winters. There are nearly 4,000 wine growers in the region. They then sell their fruit to negociants, who will in turn make and sell the wine. Thanks to the region's history, geography, and climate, the Gamay grape remains the dominant variety of Beaujolais. But what makes Beaujolais Nouveau so unique in comparison to other red wines is the process by which the grapes go from vine to bottle. To start, in Beaujolais vineyards, it is mandatory to pick the clusters by hand. Champagne is the only other region where this rule is in effect. Typically, for a red fermentation, grapes are crushed into a must, which is then left to ferment. Once the fermentation is complete, the finished wine is pressed off the skins. Beaujolais Nouveau strays from this process and instead utilizes carbonic maceration. This process has become so synonymous with the Gamay grape and Beaujolais that many refer to this fermentation style as the Beaujolais method. In this process, the berries are left whole and put into a sealed fermentation container with carbon dioxide gas. This not only discourages yeast fermentation, but also encourages the grapes to break down and naturally release enzymes. These enzymes then break down the sugars into alcohol. Carbonic maceration typically doesn't ferment all the sugar in the grapes, which means that a second alcoholic fermentation with yeast will be necessary. The whole process is significantly shorter than a red wine fermentation, which, with aging, can mean that it will take years before the wine is ready for release. For Beaujolais Nouveau, the total time from vine to bottle is only six to eight weeks. Beaujolais Nouveau is often hailed for having rich, ripe aromas of blackberries, cherries, and strawberries with just a little bit of earthiness to it and very little astringency. It has a deep, rich, ruby color and is just downright delicious. While the lack of tannins create for an impeccably smooth mouthfeel, this also means that the wine lacks the tannins needed to preserve it for long periods of time. True Beaujolais Nouveau is best drunk within a month or two from release. Otherwise, all those lovely fruit characters will be degraded, and the wine itself will seem rather unremarkable. To dig into this wine chemistry just a bit, you may be wondering why the lack of tannins prevent Beaujolais Nouveau from being able to age longer than some other red wine that is more tannic. Tannins, 
or phenolics, are not just there for texture. They serve a crucial role as antioxidants in aging wine. So if you circle back to last week's episode, you know that oxidation will cause significant changes in the wine. The formation of aldehydes over time are very stable and lead to the dominance of that cooked or aged character over that fruity esters. The Beaujolais region has been producing its wine for centuries, but it wasn't until the later half of the 20th century that it started to be recognized on an international level. This light, fruity red wine has always been enjoyed by local villagers, often as a celebratory toast at the end of a good harvest. In 1951, regulations previously set by the French government for the distribution of Beaujolais Nouveau were revoked, and it wasn't long before the news of this uniquely ripe and fruity wine reached Paris. From there, the name Beaujolais spread from continent to continent. In 1985, the official release date of Beaujolais Nouveau was set for the third Thursday of November. In the last 50 years, the international sales of Beaujolais Nouveau have reached upwards of 70 million bottles. Each year, as the clock strikes midnight on the third Thursday of November, an international celebration begins, uniting wine lovers from over 110 countries. Before the new year, most of these bottles will be consumed, and the wait will begin for the following November. With the immense success of Beaujolais Nouveau in recent years, it's not surprising that other vineyards and wineries would attempt to make a profit by producing wines similar in style to Beaujolais Nouveau. None have been able to surpass Beaujolais in notoriety or quality. I mean, nothing can really compare to the original. And with the affordability of Beaujolais Nouveau, a single bottle can cost as little as $10. There is no reason not to indulge and join the international celebration. What began as a common worker's wine has, over the past half century, become one of the most popular and coveted wines in the world. Today, Beaujolais Nouveau is a testament to the craftsmanship and tradition of the region, which has endured throughout the centuries to deliver a truly delicious vintage each November. Sharing wine amongst a group of dear friends is wonderful, but to share a wine with fellow enophiles all over the world is really a surreal experience. Unfortunately, we may have to wait a little while to partake in this celebration again. As with most other things right now, global supply chains are a bit backed up and will likely affect this year's Beaujolais Nouveau release. I recently spoke with an owner of a wine bar in Napa and he said that we'd be lucky to see any bottle stateside this year. But fear not, I have a few recommendations to tide you over till next year. The first of these is good old Gamay. Plenty of Gamay Noir is produced in Beaujolais each year, and while it may not be done with carbonic maceration, the grape still lends itself to an incredibly light, fruit-forward red wine that is a personal favorite of mine for Thanksgiving dinner. You can also find Gamay Noir from some cooler regions of California, where it has gained something of a cult following, as well as New Zealand, South Africa, and even Canada. Another wine to try, and the wine of the week, is the Nouveau of Pinot Noir from Scribe. So I actually haven't tried this wine yet, because until a few days ago, I had no idea they even made this wine. But now that I know about it, I am dying to get my hands on a bottle. Scribe is a small winery here in Sonoma proper, 
and they specialize in true-to-the-land Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Most of their Pinot is traditionally processed, but they reserved a chunk of it to be made in the Nouveau style, aka carbonic maceration. As I mentioned before, this process will bring out loads of lush fruit aromatics, strawberries, peaches, raspberries, with a light and refreshing palate. I will be back with a review once I've tried it, but from what I've read, it sounds like it might just be the first of its kind, a Californian Nouveau. Has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Whether you find yourself a bottle of True Beaujolais Nouveau, a California Gamay, or something else on the lighter side, join me on November 18th in a toast to humble beginnings, delicious wine, and a bright future. Join me next week on a quick trip down memory lane as we dive into wine internships. You can learn as much as you like about wine from textbooks, but you never really know what winemaking is until you throw on some jeans and get your hands dirty. Well, purple is more like it. We'll talk the highs, the lows, and everything in between, and why the wine industry wouldn't survive without them. I'm Sarah, and this has been your crush course on Beaujolais Nouveau. Until next time, cheers! Now scooch! I said scooch! <laughs>